When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Realistic Randy is one of the OG callers into Vikings Vet Line. And now, he's one of the biggest Vikings YouTube superstars on Earth. His Vikings pain is now your game. This is Realistic Randy Rance with Randy and Declan on Purple Daily and Score North. Oh, we're finally here. Vikings Packers week. Week one. No more personifying what could happen. No more talking about third string right guard battles. No more projecting practice squad rosters, Randy. Finally, it's Vikings Packers week. It's here. We've been knowing this. We've done the schedule for like the last four or five months. In fact, we're going to pick the schedule. Randy's going to pick the schedule later on in this episode to give you an exact uh, Vikings win total for 2022. But Randy, the Vikings... We have football on Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. They host the Green Bay Packers. Vikings Packers week, man. Happy uh, football to you. Real football is here. I could not be more excited for the Kevin O'Connell era to finally <laughs> begin. And I understand that as in typical Vikings fan fashion, I am setting myself up for the ultimate <laughs> letdown, but I don't care. I'm ready to get hurt again. Bring it on. And it starts with Green Bay. This week, or at least this upcoming Sunday, their offensive line. Left tackle David Bakhtiari maybe plays, not for certain. We'll find out. Elton Jenkins, their right tackle, also not a guarantee. Something to keep an eye out for for the Green Bay Packers offensive line. Back-to-back MVP Aaron Rodgers still at the top of his game. He's going to be great. However, their receivers do not scare me, and they should not scare the Vikings either. Sammy Watkins. Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, he's still effective, but Randall Cobb is not the same player he was seven years ago. And as wild as this sounds, Declan Goff, going up against the Packers passing attack, I like the Vikings' chances. Mm -hmm. And it kind of reminds me, I think you talked about this last week, or if not the week before last, you touched on Pat Williams and Kevin Williams. And you remember during that era when they could stop every goal line stand imaginable, but Mm -hmm. then the next drive, the defense would give up a 40-yard touchdown pass? Right. And the thing is, I never needed to see the stats. If you watched it in real time, you could see the gap between the run defense and the pass defense. But I decided to go ahead and look this up. 2006 and 2007. And I had to go over this like 10 or 15 times just to make sure I wasn't drunk. 2006 and 2007, Declan Goff, the Vikings had the best run defense mm-hmm. along with the worst pass defense. Are you, Both years. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? And to bring this home, I think we're going to see 
something similar in that regards this season, but the opposite. I think the pass defense is going to be, not to say that they're going to have the number one pass defense. I think they're going to be very good. The pressure that the edge rushers are going to bring. You've got Eric Hendricks in the middle. The back end, the secondary is talented to clean up. I think the pass defense is going to be just fine. But the problem for this defense is going to be against the run, especially with a guy like Jonathan Bullard or maybe eventually Ross Blacklock starting on the defensive line. And that's not good going up against a team like this. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they are workhorses and they will make you pay. So you got to stop the run first against Green Bay. We uh, we. I think the thing I taught, uh, told you about a few weeks ago was how we kind of taken run defense for granted because we were used to that Williams wall for a while. Even post-Williams wall, right? They had guys like Linval Joseph in the middle, and they had plenty of options uh, on the defensive tackle side that just they stopped the run. Maybe not at the elite level the Williams wall did post, their, post them being here, but they, they, it was easy to stop the run. And I think because the idea of running the football – just as basically archaic in 2022, we still somewhat forget about it. But you bring up a good point. If if Blaylock's not ready, um, if they had to start Bullard on the defensive tackle side, that could be a problem. Yeah, the pass defense probably isn't going to be anything close to the Legion of Boom or what the peak Mike Zimmer defense was. But will it be better because of pass rush and because of solid options over the top on the safety side? Yeah, I think it should be better. I, I don't envision it being top 10. Should be a better side there. But you bring up that air, air you know, Aaron Jones is still, in my opinion, I'm not a Packer fan here. I love Aaron Jones. This dude's a damn good running back. I mean, he kind of gets forgotten about because Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback there. But the Vikings have to stop that run. They gave up, like, what, like 138 yards last year, a game on the ground. And that makes life so much easier for an opposing offense if you can just absolutely gash them. You know, Harrison Phillips should be a nice addition. Obviously, he was brought in here to help stop that run. He called himself the fire hydrant. He doesn't mind getting bleeped on to stop the run and do all those dirty things. But... Yes, I do think the pass defense, although won't be stellar, probably won't be as disastrous as we think. And Because you know Zedarius Smith's ready to get after Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I'm seeing his comments this week. Ooh, that dude is hungry to play Green Bay twice a year. And I actually envision that dude getting after Aaron Rodgers a couple times on Sunday against the Packers. Should be an absolute blast to watch him and Daniil Hunter work on that defensive line or on the, or I guess, his outside linebackers too. It's just the creativity, I think, of Ed Donatel's defense. That's what we're curious about. Like, I think maybe we're getting too a little bit ahead of ourselves with the offense just because, hey, Kevin O'Connell's here and like, they got all these weapons will be great. I'm more like convinced, not convinced, but curious, I should say, how does the defense look with the Ed Donatel and these new systems that are basically in place? I think the pass rush is set up for success. I think if we can force the Packers and, quite frankly, any opponent in obvious passing down situations, especially third and long, where the edge rushers, they don't have to think twice, pin your ear back, pin your ears back and go, then great. That's going to bode well for this Vikings defense. But in situations where you have to think about it or if it's a third and short situation, that run defense could spell trouble for us because. The thing I will say is that against the run, if you can't stop this rushing attack by the Green Bay Packers, what's that going to do? It's going to drain clock. It's going to wear out the defense. They're going to get tired. And then it's going to open up the defense for the passing play that you did not expect, a gut punch. And if you don't expect it, it's going to be a long game for this Vikings defense. But I know you said that you don't want to get ahead with the Vikings offense. I will do that for you, Declan Goff. (laughs) I think the Vikings offense is going to be must-see TV 
this year. And the great thing about preseason is, especially not playing the ones, against Green Bay this week, nobody has film on Kevin O'Connell, not as a head coach, not with his ones. And the Packers, their defense is going to be stellar this year. They have talent at all three levels, but you don't know what's coming. And the talent that we have on offense is so special to where up against any defense, I feel good about the Vikings' offensive attack. I think the Vikings will win this game. It will be a great way to start the season. They will start the year 1-0. and All right, they start the season 1-0 and against the Packers. Yeah, the, the, the offense... Uh... I'm curious how it looks. They've known the personnel on there for years. Matt LaFleur has known who Kirk Cousins is. He knows how good Jefferson and Adam Thielen is. He knows how good Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's had some huge games against the Packers in his career as well. Um, So he knows the personnel, but now it's a completely different scheme. You know, this kind of happens in baseball sometimes, Randy, when a new starting pitcher comes in that's a rookie and is effective when the book gets thrown at him, right? Same thing with sophomore year quarterbacks, second year quarterbacks in the NFL. Like Jalen Hurts, I don't know if he'll be as effective as he was last year because there's probably more of a book on how to stop him. Um, Kevin O'Connell has this un, kind of fun blank canvas and this year to kind of surprise people and basically take the principles that he learned with Sean McVay and obviously apply them to the Vikings. So you had the Vikings starting 1-0 against the Green Bay Packers at home. I also had the Vikings starting 1-0 against the Packers. Mackie, Judd, and myself picked the schedule for the final time uh, uh-huh. on, on, on yesterday's episode of Purple Daily. I, uh, I predicted them, Randy, and just spoiler alert, I picked them to go 11-6. and six. I predict them to go so eleven I. and six. So, uh, if you like, would you like to go game by game here? Kind of explain some rationale between each games. Um, how you think the Vikings will win each game? Is that kind of how you'd like to do it, or did you just have the eleven wins? Is that's how they'll get there? How would you kind of like to tee this up? So I've gone back and forth. The amount of combinations that I've come up with, <laughs> because each time that I look at the schedule, it's yeah. something different. I always come up with an eleven and six record. So after Green Bay, they're 1-0. and okay. Week two at Philadelphia. I think as long as the pass rush can keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, don't allow him to extend plays with his legs, get outside the pocket and throw the ball deep because as far as a pocket-passing quarterback, he's supremely limited, mm-hmm. which is why they've got a guy like Gardner Minshew as the QB2. I don't think Philadelphia is sold on Jalen Hurts, at least not yet anyway. I think the Vikings will win that game, although – Sidebar, I don't believe that Kevin O'Connell and the coaching staff will bench Garrett Bradbury. I don't think it's going to happen. But if it does happen, it's going to be after the Philadelphia game because you're talking about going up against not just Fletcher Cox, but also Jordan Davis. Mm -hmm. Together, Garrett Bradbury can't handle his own against any singular defensive tackle. (laughs) So they are going to load up the middle against him. That If it does happen, that's going to be the game, but I think the Vikings will win. Against Detroit, they're going to beat them at home. What's there to talk about? Week four in London against the New Orleans Saints. Jameis Winston, he's a turnover waiting to happen. I know that last year before he got hurt, he had himself a nice couple of games, but he was averaging, I believe, under 200 yards passing a game, but was just throwing three or four touchdowns per. That's unsustainable. I don't believe in him. So I'm going to say the Vikings win that game. Week five against Chicago. They're going to sweep Chicago. They are a disaster. They're going to beat them at home and at Soldier Field. That's a win. Week six at Miami. The Vikings should win because, I mean, Tua Tagovailoa, they've got nice weapons. They've got Jalen Waddell. They've got Tyreek Hill, Mike Gusecki. They've got a nice running back core. Tua Tagovailoa, I just don't believe in him. But I feel like this is going to be one of – every team 
has a game on the schedule where it's just goofy. How the hell did this happen? Yes. I'm going to say they go ahead and lose in Miami. Mm-hmm. You got the bye week seven. Week eight against Arizona, I think Kyler Murray is underrated or underrated. I think he's overrated. And I think this is the game that DeAndre Hopkins comes back from suspension. Even still, I'm going to say the Vikings win that game. Kirk Cousins, we'll talk about as far as potential Vikings MVP candidates that we have this year. I'm going to talk about that a little later. He's going to have a monstrous year. So I'm going to say the Vikings, they beat Arizona. Week nine at Washington. I grew up in the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. By this time, all the fans, they will be over Carson Wentz. They're going to be like, get him the hell out of town. And it's going to show more so against the Vikings. They get the win there. Week 10 at Buffalo. Offense versus offense. I'm going to give that to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. As much as I hate to see Stefan Diggs get a victory against us and he'll do his little dance and do all this stuff and I told you so and whatever, they're going to lose to the Buffalo Bills. They're a very good team. They've been doing it for the last couple of years. They have more. They have experience on their side offensively compared to the Vikings. Week 11 at Dallas. This is one of those teams where I go back and forth. They should win. Maybe they'll lose. I don't know. Against the run, Zeke Elliott. Tony Pollard, maybe they suffer a little bit there. I'm going to go ahead and say, you know what? Murphy's Law, they're going to go ahead and lose that game. Mm -hmm. Week 12, Thanksgiving against New England. Mac Jones, come on, bro. And in fact, the NFL top 100 list, I saw that Mac Jones was ranked ahead of Kirk Cousins. I said, you all have lost your – you guys have lost your minds. I agree. Mac Jones – I ain't afraid of him. <laughs> Mac Jones. Week 13 versus the Jets. Whether it's Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco, it's I'm the super Jets. good. It's the Jets. Yep. That, that's what it comes down to. They get the win there. Week 14 at Detroit. I'm going to say they lose because Detroit is one of those teams where you should sweep them every year, and every year we get the same hype train of the Lions. They're <laughs> back. Don't count us out. And it never works out. But they always find a way to get that one or two wins a season. That's, wow, they really did that, huh? I think it's going to happen to us. So I'll say Vikings take the L. Week 15, woo boy, against the Colts. And uh, you want to talk about struggling against the run. Jonathan Taylor is, uh, he's the best running back in the game. And if the Vikings had, the Vikings, if the Colts just had beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars to end the year last year to make it to the playoffs, Jonathan Taylor should have been the MVP. Yeah. That dude carried the Colts on his back. The difference is, even if he doesn't rush for 100 yards, which is a guaranteed victory for Indianapolis, they have a quarterback now in Matt Ryan to where, with Carson Wentz in Indianapolis, he was everything that people swear Kirk Cousins is. Yeah. When you have to put the ball in his hands, they stop the run, third and long situation, Carson Wentz always shriveled. His stats look good as well, but they have a quarterback now in Matt Ryan who can make plays. So I'm going to say it's going to be too much for the Vikings. They take the L there. Week 16 against the Giants, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, if he's healthy, I hope he is. But come on, Vikings get the W. Week 17, I think the Vikings will split the season series against the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Cold temperatures, maybe it snows there. That's an L. And week 18 against the Bears, they're going to sweep them. Or an eleven and six record. Interesting. 
Interesting. So I, I did this. I've done this exercise four times since like basically the schedule came out. So we did one initially like the day of or week of when the schedule came out. I think we picked one maybe sometime after the draft. I think we did one more maybe right before training camp. And we did this last one this week. So I've done this four times and actually have notes on all four times I, I did each wow. uh, each of the schedule. At least on the on the note of of what I did. So on your week two game in Philly, every other time I picked, I picked that as a loss for the Vikings. Um, probably because obviously Philly is a hard place to play. It's on Monday Night Football. Kirk historically doesn't play well on Monday Night Football. But I think as we're getting closer here to the season, I just feel the Eagles aren't, that's not as, as daunting as a task it is. They'll be, obviously, the Eagles will be favored in that game. They probably should be, obviously. But I don't think that's going to be as daunting. Um, Jalen Hurts and rushing quarterbacks like him in general gave Zimmer fits a lot in the past. Like if it was a dual threat guy, Zimmer kind of forgot how to scheme against those guys. Kaepernick carved them up in 2016. Like he just kind of forgets how to handle those. But um, I do think Ed Donatel presents this new challenge that they don't know what to expect from the Vikings defense. I think Jalen Hurts melts and the Vikings actually do get that win in Philadelphia. Uh, I technically have the Vikings starting 4-0, Randy. I started starting 4-0 on the season and then okay. going into the bye as 4-2. and So, yeah, they would lose two games. And I know losing to the Bears at home seems absolutely crazy because the Bears should be awful this year. But I also know this is this, the only reason I'm picking this as a loss, Randy, is I know how this Please. goes as a Vikings fan. I know how this how this goes. They start 4-0. They are like number two and three in the power rankings. Look at the Vikings, 4-0. And they fall on their face at home against the, like, the worst team in the NFL. So it's not because I think the Bears could go in here and win. I think the Vikings beat themselves in some stupid situation because, of the, because they're so high on 4-0 that they fall on their face. And I do have them, yes, losing at Miami. I just... Look, they won't win all their road games. You know, they're probably, if you can go 500 on the road, you take that every time. Um, but I do think them getting to four and two at the bye is an extremely realistic possibility. Um, you might say losing to the Bears seems like an absolute zero case possibility, but I think them being four I and two it. at the bar at the bye is still possible. So, yes, that, that's, that's my reasoning why I had them losing to the Bears. At home, too? At home. I did, this is a different era, Declan Goff. You have to <laughs> let them pass. This is a coaching staff, and specifically on defense. Ed Donatel would not allow Cooper Rush to beat the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Sure. He would not let that happen. In sure. fact, if I'm not mistaken, the Broncos, they beat the Cowboys last year. I'm not worried about Justin Fields and whatever garbage receivers they put out outside of Mooney. Amir Smith Marset might be their wide receiver too. They, they're Ryan. You know what? Sidebar here. When we lost out on Ryan Poles, I sat there and said, "Oh man, that sucks." He's coming from Kansas yeah. City, and I think the easy thing to do is when, especially when you don't know of any front office executive GM candidates that never held a GM role before, you say, "Okay, what team did they come from?" Well, he came from Kansas City. Wow, look what they've put together. Clearly, he's going to bring that Chiefs energy over to Chicago. That could have been us. Oh, man, we missed out on him. And everybody and their mother knew that Justin Fields, knew he needed receivers. And it, they didn't make it happen at all. They just complete. The only thing that makes sense for what Ryan Poles did for the Bears this offseason is that they are doing everything they can to tank for a top three pick. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that makes sense. Anything outside of that, we're going to take back the North. Doing what? Yeah. What you 
There's no receivers. They'll be the, Let me out there. I'm probably the wide receiver three. They'll potentially be the worst team in the NFC next season. Wouldn't shock me at all. And they have like $120 million in cap space going into next year. So yeah, their, their plan is to be bad, get a high draft pick, have a boatload of cap space, throw it at a wide receiver, right? Throw it at maybe a, a, an offensive lineman to, to protect Justin Fields. Their, their goal is to be bad. And good for Ryan Poles to say, hey, bear with us here. It's going to be one bad year. Hashtag trust the process. It'll work out. Hopefully a year from now, then maybe the Bears are propped back up. That's probably what they're doing. Um, but I just, yes, I, I would love for me to get over that fear, but I, I need to see it. Uh, I need to see it take place, Randy. So that's, that's the only reason. They're going to smack Chicago. Post, post by uh, the notable games there. Yeah, at Buffalo, like that's just an L. In my opinion, that's going to be your toughest game yeah. of the year. You know, you can make that yeah. or the, at Lambeau. You know, the, at Buffalo is you know, arguably their Super Bowl favorite. Hard place to play, yeah. too. So that's just, an, I think that's a guaranteed loss. You know, the week nine in Washington should be fun. The week before, going back for Kirk, going back to Washington. I'm not oh, yeah. a big Carson Wentz guy. I do have them winning that game. I think that'd be a statement. Maybe a you like that kind of moment for Kirk. You know, the the run of home games they have, starting with Dallas, New England, and the Jets, um, starting on, obviously, Sunday, November 20th. That'd be week 11. Um, I had them losing that game because I had the Vikings going 7-2 and two at home. Um, if okay. you know if they can go eight and one, that's great. But I just think seven and two. And by the way, they should win no less than seven games at home. Like at, they should bottom line win seven games at home. I just think that's probably gonna be one of their home losses. Um, it will be to the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, even with the short week against the Patriots, and even though Bill Belichick's the goat, I think that Patriots team's spiraling downhill. Finally, I mean Matt Patricia's calling plays for God's sakes. Mac yeah. Jones, not a buyer either, man. Uh, I don't, I don't buy that stock for a minute. The Jets are the Jets. Um, so, fast forwarding a little bit, I actually had the Vikings winning this division against Green Bay in Week 17. So I think okay. on New Year's Day, it's a 3:25 kickoff as of now. I wouldn't be surprised if that's maybe even flex if the division is on the line. It's probably game of the week right now. Um, but Week yeah, 17 at Green Bay, I think that decides the North, and I think the Vikings do win the North. They get the win. And then week 18 at Chicago, like I, it's, I don't think 11 wins gets you as the number one seed. Maybe you're potentially playing for it, but I think probably you need to be more in the 12 to 13 win stage going yeah. into week 18. So at that rate, you're, you're probably a, a three or maybe a two seed. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if the Vikings kind of just said, hey, screw week 18. We want to be safe and rest our stars for the home game and wild card weekend. I don't blame them there. So that game, like I don't really care what happens in that, but I do have them winning in Green Bay for the North. Yes, 11-6. and six. Different parallels, though. You have them being 11-6 and six in completely different situations than me. But, yeah, 11 wins. I, th- I think it's happening, dude. I mean, look at the also the like the Vegas outlooks. Like, they're starting to buy stock on the Vikings. You got people on NFL Network really? calling Kirk MVP. Yeah, the Vikings are up to 9.5 wins on most outlets. So that means, like, they're daring you to make them a 10-win team. So, I mean, and, and the Vikings should be a 10-win team. Like, that's still a safe bet, in my opinion. They should probably get to 10 wins. But people are start. I think the stock in general is starting to rise a little bit on this 2022 Vikings team. I just love how we come up with the same record, but essentially we're just swapping out L's and W's between yeah. Green Bay and Chicago. Yeah, that's amazing. Yep, and they can absolutely win the division. They should. And I, I was talking with a Ventline guest about this a, f- a few weeks ago. When I was doing my offseason edition, so I just I told you about how the Vikings should probably win seven home games. You get nine home games, you get seven road games. You know, one of them is a neutral site game. So mm-hmm. if you go seven and two at home, can you win four on the road? That gets you to eleven wins. You know, like if you go seven and two at home, obviously 
you know, this is playing out, but can you find four road wins? And that's how you get to 11 wins. Now it becomes an honest, I know I'm piecemealing things a little bit here, but that's how I view this. Like, I think the Vikings win seven games at home. If you can win four on the road, that's an 11 win football team. That's kind of how I keep looking back at the schedule from the start to finish is because they had the one less true road game, the neutral site game in London. I think it makes life a lot easier and getting to 11 wins seems a lot more realistic than I thought it was probably at the end of last season when we were all doom and gloom after another disappointing year. If nothing else, this offense is what's going to carry this team. I'm not worried about even the best defenses in the league. I'm letting it all go, Declan. No hesitation here. Even the best defenses in the league. Ain't nobody guarding these dudes. Who's going to guard Justin Jefferson? Oh, let's double him up. You got Adam Thielen. You got K.J. Osborne. Oh, and underneath, you got Irv Smith Jr. or just in case, also Dalvin Cook. Ain't nobody stopping these guys. So even if the defense does struggle against the run, as long as you can put the pedal to the metal on this offense, you've got a chance to win every single game. I've got the Vikings getting three victories on the road at Philadelphia, at Washington, and at Chicago. But even still, so that puts me at, what, eight home victories for the Vikings? Mm-hmm. They, and as far as seeding is concerned, I think trying to say, okay, the top seed, that's going to be a little bit too much. They can absolutely win the division, but you're talking about teams like, I'm not worried about the NFC East division winner at all. So then it comes down to Tampa in the NFC South, and then the NFC West is going to, I'm guessing it's going to be the Rams again. Maybe it's the San Francisco 49ers, but I think. The Rams, their operation is more sustainable to get that top seed. I don't know if the Vikings can do enough to get 13, 14 wins. That would be amazing. I wouldn't be surprised. But this is going to be must-see TV for all fans, not just Vikings fans. If you want exciting football, Kevin O'Connell is going to bring that this year. Hell yeah, dude! And that's all. I, that's that's my bare minimum expectation is the offense yes, being must see TV. That like, if, if that means playoffs, obviously great. If they're you know nine and eight, eight and nine because they're under the first year of a head coach and things aren't going according to plan, I just want to be able to sit on my couch, watch an offense kick ass, not run the ball in second and long, not look archaic. That's that's my bare minimum expectation for the Vikings is have an offense that is cooking and yes, is must see television. And you can't miss it. This is Realistic Randy Rants. What's up? This is Declan Goff. Realistic Randy has his own YouTube channel, too. You can subscribe to it. Uh, Randy, a couple, like, overarching season questions for you here. Um, So let's start with this one. Who do you think will be the Minnesota Vikings MVP in 2022? If you were doing a team award and you're handing out your fictional ballot, who is the Vikings MVP? Also, I'm going to make it this caveat, too. The Vikings are eleven and six, so so they went eleven and six. Things went according to plan in your in your record prediction too. Who would be the Vikings MVP? Kirk Cousins, no question about it. This is going to be he now has the head coach who understands. Before with the previous regime, with the old run, run, pass, defense, 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 it would work fifty percent of the times as far as getting W's. But when you go up against real juggernauts, you get your asses kicked. Now you have a head coach who understands, okay, the two-minute drill to end the first half, let's go for more points. Not just settle and say, okay, let's hold on for dear life. We're up by three. Okay, just don't screw up. The head coach is going to put Kirk Cousins in a position to succeed. I think he's going to go off for, and especially if J.J. gets 2K, Kirk Cousins, he's going to have to throw anywhere from 46 to 4,700 yards. 
I think he's very capable of throwing 40 touchdowns. This is going to be his career best season. So for me, the Vikings MVP will be Kirk Cousins. And not just only that, but you mentioned NFL Network's uh, media members are saying, hey, Kirk Cousins may be a dark horse MVP candidate. I think that as well. Yeah. I think he he absolutely has what it takes this year to win MVP of the league. Now, going up against guys like Aaron Rodgers, two-time MVP, back-to-back years, that's going to be tough. But I think the learning curve of trying to figure things out with his receivers to start the year is going to put him at a disadvantage to where Kirk he knows Justin Jefferson. He knows Thielen and K.J. Osborne. The only real weapon he has to try to figure out with, with this new head coach is Irv Smith Jr., but that's the cherry on top. Yeah. He's going to be fine. <laughs> so if J.J. gets 2K and this offense is everything we think it's going to be, especially in the passing game, someone has to get these receivers the ball. It's Kirk Cousins. Not only that, but the impact. You say now, which I'm very surprised. You say now that Vegas is saying, hey, put your chips in on the Vikings. They're what, over or under nine and a half wins. Whereas I still feel like the narrative against Kirk Cousins is the same. Can't do it. Prime time. He's not, I don't think really, I think there's still a plethora of people that aren't expecting much from the Vikings because of Kirk Cousins. So because of the impact, if they live up to the expectations that we think they will, an 11-win, maybe even a 12-win season, I think that shifts Kirk Cousins favorably to possibly win MVP. Not just with the team. That's that's default. But league-wide, he totally has a chance. Yeah, it's almost a rhetorical question to you too, right? Like obviously if you go 11-6 and and things are going on offense and it's must-see TV like you're saying, quarterback should absolutely be an MVP. Um you know, I, I do think, you know, there's still people sleeping a little bit just on the idea of Dalvin Cook, just because he's a workhorse running back. He can do a lot, and I'm just curious how he is deployed in now Kevin O'Connell's system a little bit more. But Kirk Cousins should be the MVP of this team, and there's a reason why people are starting to buy stock a little bit more on him winning the NFL MVP, because you have a new system, you have a coach leaning into him, there's weapons all around him, he's insulated. Matt Ryan has won an MVP within the last, you know, 10 years. Rich Gannon out of absolute nowhere won co-MVP, I think, with Steve McNair like 20 years ago, too. So it can happen. Like, you can get a fringe top 10 guy insulated enough to be an MVP in the right situation, which is what happened to Matt Ryan. It's what happened to Rich Gannon, too. So that can, that can be the situation for him. Um, and, yeah, if everything goes according to plan, Kirk Cousins should absolutely be the MVP of this team. Then maybe actually gets a little bit more love. You know, if he shows up in primetime against the Eagles, he daggers the Patriots at home with a big game against uh against Bill Belichick, that 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 gets your respect, man. Like, I, I think uh, when I'm looking at like the Minnesota sports landscape overall, I just think the Vikings. Everyone's excited for him because obviously football's around the corner, and you have a new head coach, and Mike Zimmer's gone. But there's obviously still a very good fraction of the fan base who just you know they're sick of Kirk Cousins. They don't like him. They think he's a phony. Uh, they think he's fake on and off the field. He doesn't rise up to big games. Well, Kirk has the ability to change everyone's mind with how he plays this year. And I think that's what is so fascinating to me. And that's why, as someone who's been hard on him and as a critic of him, he has the ability to shed that mold. He has the ability to win those people over this year with how he performs. And I'm not ruling out that he can't win those people over in 2022 either. I think because he's a dork, (laughs) it's so easy to just rip on him. I think he's the easy punching bag because he's all shucks and, oh, 
Jiminy Jillikers. Like he's he's just he's a dork. He's a nerd. Yeah. And because of that, it's uh look at this guy. Who does he think he is? He doesn't have the leadership qualities. But every time when his back is against the wall, 2019, when they lost to the Bears at Soldier Field and Stefan Diggs, he skipped practice and Adam Thielen was talking about the coaching staff. He can't run the ball a thousand times and expect to win. And Kirk, that's where I think that was the last time when I destroyed Kirk. I said, I would much rather have Case Keenum than Kirk Cousins because he doesn't have the heart. But every single time when his back is against the wall, that situation, that 2009, that was 2019 that happened. Mm -hmm. They went to the playoffs. Zach Brown with the Philadelphia Eagles. Kirk Cousins sent this man not into retirement. He got cut after that game. That linebacker, I don't know if you remember. I remember that, yeah. After that game, (laughs) he got cut. He never played again after that. And then Cam Jordan said on uh, Rich Eisen's show, Kirk Cousins, yeah, he ain't this. Every single time, everyone has that line in the sand that is drawn to where even the biggest nerds in school, you push them enough times, they're going to punch back once in a while. And that's Kirk Cousins. I think he's the type of guy, everyone can be victorious. They can succeed in their own way. There's no blank slate to say you have to be this raw, raw guy because then if you try to do it and it comes off fake, you lose the entire locker room. Support is what he needs. Every once in a while, he needs an attaboy. And that's okay. If it gets you the W, who the hell cares? And I think Kevin O'Connell is going to give him that. I just think because of his his persona, and he probably, I don't know, he probably drinks a glass of milk every morning yeah. just because it's fun to do. And that's why, oh, my God, Kirk Cousins, he's a, he's a nerd. He's a dork. He's a geek. All that stuff. Playing football. This dude is a top 10 quarterback. Take the persona aside. He's like that. And now that he has a coach to go with these weapons that he has, he's going to put the league on notice. All right, moving on to uh, rookie of the year for the Vikings this year. There's actually like a plenty of, there's like a lot of options in my opinion, because obviously, you know, Lewis Seen isn't going to start for the Vikings, even though he was your first round pick, but he still factors into the defense. He'll still, still get a good amount of snaps. Obviously, Ed Ingram is the really the only week one starter that we know of pending an injury or pending a last second change by the time Sunday rolls around. Andrew Booth should get some run. Um, Brian Asamoah, I think, will still get some snaps here and there. So there's plenty of options to be the Vikings rookie of the year. But I think when, when it's all said and done, Randy, at the end of 2022, who is your pick of that rookie class that could potentially be the rookie of the year for the Vikings? There's no question. It's Ed Ingram. He's going to be the week one starter. He's going to assuming health is okay, he's going to start all 17 games for the Vikings. And the impact he's going to have on the offensive line is going to be tenfold because I feel like when it comes to offensive line, and it makes me think back to Josh Klein when we were happy with him saying, (laughs) oh my God, okay, well, at least it's not Mike Remmers at right guard. Okay, great. But Josh Klein, where he succeeded was in run blocking, pass blocking, not so much, whereas Ed Ingram brings the total package to the table run blocking, pass blocking. He has a mean-ass attitude. Him along with Brian O'Neill on that right side, it's going to scare the hell out of opposing edge rushers and defensive tackles. And because of that, the starts, the PT, the snaps that he's going to get, sure, Lewis may factor into it a couple of plays and, you know, Caleb Evans and Andrew Booth, they'll rotate in and out. But the ladder that they have to climb with P2 and, Cam Dantzler, it's going to be too much. Ed Ingram, by default, is going to be the rookie of the year for this team. But I think he's going to do a damn good job. So the impact that he has 
is going to factor into that as well. Yeah, Ed, Ed Ingram is the easy one. It's obviously, he's uh, he's the only real starter here. Um, and Andrew Booth, I think, has the most to gain. You know, if that cornerback room is either ineffective, maybe there's a significant injury to Pat Pierre, Cam Dantzler, he probably jumps up in the depth chart and gets that opportunity. You know, Lewis Seen will still get plenty of reps and plenty of situations where he's going to be on the football field, being the kind of that sledgehammer he was at Georgia where he was an unbelievable defender and, and basically gets to be Harrison Smith 2.0. He gets to learn behind Harrison Smith, a guy who hit, hit people real hard when he first came in the league. Great instincts. I'm excited for his career with the Vikings, but I just think it might not be as flashy uh, with him. So for me, um, yeah, Ed Ingram's probably your rookie of the year because we find have stability in the offensive line, dude. He can even make up for some deficiencies for Garrett Bradbury as well. So it makes life uh, a lot easier on that side. I mean, look, he's going to have to literally be picking up Garrett Bradbury with him, but at least there's someone else to kind of surround and infiltrate uh, that offensive line, and it makes things a lot easier for for Kirk Cousins when he's actually not under pressure as much. So, yeah, Ed Ingram, who would have thought, I think, too, by the way, you know, like when those first two picks came in, it was Lewis Seen and Andrew Booth and Ed Ingram, you know, who had some character issues at LSU, but now all of a sudden he works his tail off at training camp. He wins that guard spot. Um, and now he actually might give the Vikings stability. You know, we talked about the tackles being established in Darison, Brian O'Neill. Well, hell, you might have a right guard of the future here in Ed Ingram, who they haven't had stability at the right guard position in a long, long time. So, yeah, I, I think rookie of the year, Ed Ingram, I think it probably tracks that wake. So he'll probably just get the most opportunities and snaps to be noticed. Um, Randy, I am curious on the biggest disappointment. So I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll save this one for the for the last of these questions here. Biggest disappointment. Now, this could be a veteran player. Um, this could be a, a, a first or second year player. Who is someone that you think probably just ends up maybe doesn't living up to the expectations that you think he should in 2022? So when you sent me this last night, I was thinking about it. And the easy answer for me was Garrett Bradbury. But you said biggest disappointment. So that would imply that I had high expectations in the right. first place. So obviously he's not. He doesn't count for this yeah. category. If anything, any positives you get from him is a bonus. The biggest disappointment, I feel like it's just one player because it's hard to gauge, okay, we think this guy's going to do well, and then it's not so much end of the year. We're going to be like, get the hell out of here. Irv Smith Jr. Yep. And I think maybe this is a me problem because last year he was out all year long. And then the last two years before that, 2019 and 2020, he was behind the depth chart. Kyle Rudolph was the starting tight end then. So I think because of we've been we've been waiting for this breakout year for so long, it feels like that if it doesn't if he doesn't live up to that, I think he has the capabilities of making himself a household name. We talk about there's only a few star tight ends in the league. Irv Smith Jr. certainly has the talent to be part of that class. To where if he doesn't, I think he can get 900, 1,000 yards. If he gets 550, 6, 650, that's going to be a bit disappointing to me. But if the Vikings live up to expectations to where Justin Jefferson gets 2K, Thielen goes off, KJ Osborne becomes the best wide receiver three in the league, then at that point, we're just being greedy, saying, all right, well, Herb, you didn't get a 1,000 and all that stuff. So as far as disappointment, I think it's Irv Smith Jr. He's the only player in that category for me. Yeah, I, I feel you on that one. I think on offense, it's, it's he's really kind of the only one that could really disappoint you. You know, I don't think Dalvin falls off a cliff by any means. You know, 
Adam Thielen might not get as many targets as he used to, but I still imagine him being pretty dang effective. K.J. Osborne seems to be on the ascend, so there isn't many, honestly, players on the offense that would probably disappoint you. Maybe Christian Derrissaw, right? Like if Derrissaw actually it was a little bit of a fluke oh, and he yeah, isn't ready, yeah. that could be it, but um, I'm not, not even going to speak that one into the universe at this point. Um, for me, it's on the defensive side of the ball, and look, I want to be wrong on this. I, I really do. I just I think Eric Kendricks is going to come down to earth even more. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think I think last year, you know, he started to show his age a little bit, and it stinks that when you turn 30 in the NFL, which I turned 30 in three months, um, I it, it, that all of a sudden, like, you become a completely different player and your outlook changes. Um, but he's learning a new system. Uh, he's up there in age. He's three or four years removed now from being an all-pro. I would love to be wrong on this. I would love to expose myself in two or three months and say, hey, oh my God, he's back to being that all pro player and being one of the best great linebackers by pro football focus. Um, I just, I think it might be time to move on from him. Um, And this might be the last year we see Eric Hendricks again. Would love to be wrong. I just think eventually he's probably going to have to disappoint a little bit here and he actually still on the on the descent after a disappointing year in 2021. I think the biggest disappointment for me is going to be Eric Hendricks. Players have down years, man. It, it happens, but you can always bounce back. I remember with Darius Slay, the cornerback with the Eagles, I don't know if it was his last year in Detroit or his first year in Philadelphia. It was, oh, boy, he's he's not looking great. This might be the downfall for him. And now he's one of the best cornerbacks in yeah. the league. He really, really returned to his superstar form last year. So Eric Kendrick, so it's – if you have a bad year, it doesn't mean it's the end-all, be-all for him. I still think he's one of the better pass-defending linebackers yeah. in the league. And with this pass rush, the pressure that they're going to bring is basically going to be an assist for him. Aaron passes forced by the quarterback for Eric Kendricks to clean up. That is a spicy take, but I like it. <laughs> Kendricks, I, I want to bounce back. Kendricks is technically the second-highest-paid player on the Vikings in terms of his cap number, too. So, like, he, he he's... He'd signed a five-year deal, I think, going into 2018. Um, even if he has a halfway decent year this year, like you can cut him next year and save a, a, a boatload of money, basically. I just think this is the last year of Eric Kendricks uh, being a member of the Minnesota Vikings. Again, want to be wrong. I don't, I, don't, I don't want this to be the case, and I expose myself all the time for being wrong. So Maybe I'm just giving myself more content three months from now. But I, I just think I, I just think at the end of the day that he's probably not going to be the player that he was two three years ago when he was one of the best linebackers in the league. You bring up that yes, he was one of the he still is honestly one of the better coverage linebackers in the NFL, which is a very hard position to play. Um, I think it's going to be Eric Kendricks, man. I, I don't want it to be the case, but I just think that's what's it, what it's going to end up being. I certainly Thanks. hope not. He's the best Vikings linebacker I've ever watched in my lifetime, so I can't. I can't let that downfall happen. I'm going to be rooting for you, Eric. Root for him, and then root for me to be wrong. It'll be great. Win-win. Everyone yep. wins. Kendricks wins. Randy wins. I lose. The audience wins. They get to watch and laugh at me like they usually do. So um, I'm writing this down right now. Declan says, hey, Eric hey, Kendricks stinks. Yep. <laughs> um, Got it. Randy, before we wrap up, Vikings-Packers week coming up here. Uh, any final thoughts from you? Vikings win. That That's mm-hmm. ultimately what matters, I think. The offense, it because the defense isn't going to know what to expect from Kevin O'Connell and along with the talent. I mean, combine that with the fact that the Packers, their receivers, not great. It's a bunch of okay guys. Their offensive line may not be fully intact. I think the Vikings have everything possible to win by at least two scores. Wow, two scores. Okay. They're going to win. 
Okay. Open the season on a high note. Skull chant it up. Let's do it. I love it. Yeah, I'm Jack, dude. I'm I'm glad football's back here and we get to watch something that's not damn baseball. I mean, I'm I'm a ba- I'm a weirdo. I actually I still like baseball. I'm one of the weird people who's under 30 who actually enjoys a baseball game, but I'm sick of baseball. I want football. I'm glad Thursday night football's back uh, this week as well, and we just get, we just get football. I can't wait to sit on my ass on Sunday and do nothing but watch mm-hmm. football. Those Sunday scaries hit a little bit different around halftime of the Sunday night football game for me, but I, I want them. At this point, I want those scaries. I want all that fear of, ah, crap, I got another week, but Spike is football, dude. I'm waiting for a good reaction Monday, too, hopefully. Randy and I will break that down, too, so hopefully it's a positive Monday reaction uh, for us here. We had to do a little bit of uh, recording schedule juggling this week. But we'll be back next Monday, yes, talking about a Vikings win, maybe talking about Eric Kendricks looking like a badass man and making me look wrong. There'll be plenty of options. Randy, I'll be talking to you next Monday, dude. Skull. See ya. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division-favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every sport. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.